Hey guys, this is Mo Sider from the Detroit Red Wings. You guys listen to it like Dan Red Wings. Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings. We are your hosts. I'm Brian Fisher. That's Scotty Bentley. He is also a host at Locked On Tigers. I want to thank you guys for making us your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including Scotty, YouTube. YouTube. Got to keep plugging it. Guys, we are at 82 subscribers. We are chugging along. That The uh, channel is growing. Viewership is up every single episode. You guys absolutely rock it, and we want to get to 100 by the end of the month. And I think we are well on course for that. So let's just, if you haven't subscribed already, just go and subscribe. You can see our faces. You can see, our, you know, my bed half made. You can see Scotty changing location constantly. <laughs> it's it's a ride. Hey, man, I, I, I'm i ready to ball wherever I am. It don't matter. It, it don't, don't matter. matter. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm ready to go wherever I am in the state. I'm, I'm, I'm balling. And wherever he's at, there's always Tiger stuff in the background. That is a safe bet. I, I always, uh, no matter what city I'm in, there tends to always be uh, Tiger's apparel somewhere, yes. So, Scotty, we didn't get a chance to talk about it yesterday because there's just was so much to talk about in the 30 minutes that we're given. We had two games to cover, and uh, there was just so much we couldn't get to. And one of the things we wanted to get to was power play. And so we're saving it for today because it's more of an overarching problem the Red Wings have had all season long, uh, rather than just in that two-game span. Uh, the Red Wings have the second-worst power play in the league, second only to the Montreal Canadiens. Red Wings power play success, Scotty, 14.1%. That is second-worst next to Montreal, like I said there, at 11%. Again, it it's a little bit better than last year. Last year, it was 11.3%. So, oh boy, we gained 3%. But last year, Scotty, second worst in the league still. So, we changed coaches. We fired Dan Bilesma. Got a new head coach in here. Got Alex Tang, or not new head coach, but new power play coach in, and Alex Tangay. And for a little bit, it looked like it was heading in the right direction. It felt like it felt fresh. But now it's the same old, same old. It's stagnant as all hell. And nothing is going right for this team. And I, I just... Scotty, I don't – we have a couple ideas of how to fix it, but it's just there's so much going wrong with it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's um, – it's the last month it's been a train wreck. There's no there's no hiding it. There's no beating around the bush there. The last uh, – I'd, I'd say since the start of December probably, a little over a month, it's it's been a complete catastrophe. Um, the it's It's never good – when people start making jokes about how you're a bigger threat to score on the penalty kill than you are on the power play, that's usually like, all right, like, let's maybe take a look in the mirror and figure out. That was after but, uh, 100 games where they yeah, didn't that, score. That was, after, that was after snapping on a 100-game uh, yeah, short, short-handed short goalless streak. So it's uh, – well, here's the thing. Like Again, it, like you said, it started off not fantastic, but it started off better than what it was. And people were like, all right, like maybe, maybe this is something to build on whatever. 
Um, and then even through a lot of the the personnel changes and stuff, like early on, it, it really did seem to kind of hold a, a decent amount of weight and, and was a relatively successful, not maybe successful is even too strong of a word, but a halfway decent power play. And um, I, I mean, we'll, we'll get into to what, what we think is wrong with it specifically and what we think uh, needs to be done to fix it here, but it's it's been it's been really 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 bad. Yeah, and in the start of the season, they had uh, four power play goals in the first six games of the season, and then from there it became more and more frequent, with the exception of the Vegas game where they potted two and four opportunities. But it's been super infrequent. They did score one power play goal against the Anaheim Ducks on uh, Sunday night. That was the five-on-three Philip Ronick goal. But it's just a lot of it has to do is, and it's not the, the systems they're running. It's how they're running them. And that leads us into, like, how we can fix the Red Wings' power play. A lot of it has to do with just they're running for five-on-four situations. They're running a one-three-one, which is a standard in the offensive zone power play schematic. You have um, one guy, one guy at top. Three guys in the middle, one guy in front of the net. Um, across, you know, the three guys in the middle are across. The middle guy is considered the bumper, and that is immediately where the first problem comes in: is you don't have the right guy running the bumper uh, for the Detroit Red Wings. That they have the large part of the time they have Lucas Raymond playing the bumper in the middle of the power play, and that role is usually reserved for. And Lucas Raymond is a super skilled guy but he is dynamite from the left circle. You would want him in the left circle because he has a tendency to unleash really good slap shots. You want a guy who, like Dylan Larkin, in my opinion, this is where my first suggestion to fixing the power play is. You want Dylan Larkin to play the bumper in the middle because he is your two-way forward who can play both sides of the ice. He is a constant threat. He's going to draw defensemen to, towards him, but he also has the hockey IQ. And Lucas Raymond has the hockey IQ too, but... It, Playing bumper is kind of a lot for a rookie in your first NHL season on power play one. Have Lucas Raymond play on that outside where he can unleash one-timers like he's done already multiple times this season with Dylan Larkin in the middle to play bumper. I think that's immediately the first thing that's got to do is get Raymond out of bumper to a scoring position, get Larkin in there in the middle because Larkin's going to excel in a position where he can control the flow of the power play. Yeah, well, I mean, it... it... Like that seems fairly obvious, you know what I mean? Like, like it, it, that's the the closest position, like full strength position that resembles the bumper is the center. Like I, I don't, I, this isn't like groundbreaking stuff, you know what no, I mean? It's like not. that that seems like a pretty natural transition. Um, and and honestly, I I think, well, I I agree with you, but but I I I honestly think that it it might have that suggestion might have more to do with uh, Raymond and how successful and how dangerous he could be on, on like permanently on the outside of a power play than it is even Larkin then coming up the middle. Like I, I, I think Raymond back in his, again, natural position more or less uh, could be incredibly dangerous. And, and we do rave about, uh, Raymond's hockey IQ and, and his ability to see the ice and stuff all the time. And, and someday he, he might be uh, able to, to take that over and, and be incredible at it. Um, but, but for now, I mean, 
you know, clearly something's broke. And, and if it is broke, you do fix it. And, yeah. uh, and, and I think that that's a pretty, again, that's a pretty like not super groundbreaking, like seems fairly obvious change that can be made immediately. And, and I don't think it would, it would throw a wrench into like, uh, you know, plays or, or, or chemistry. No one have to relearn like a brand new position or role or anything. Like that seems like a pretty natural transition. Well, yeah, and like the other aspects of the power play on this first power play unit especially look fairly solid. You know, you, Mort Sider quarterbacking from the point makes perfect sense. You got Tyler Bertuzzi down in front of the net. That makes perfect sense. Now, Robbie Fabry on that opposite uh, wing, so to speak, on the op- opposite end of that three, that was the one guy I could see you rotate in and out of if it stays unsuccessful. He's been pretty good, but honestly, with how bad they've been, it's just tough to say because who do you throw up in there? You know, that's just comes where the depth becomes an issue. You know, that top line has such good chemistry, but you're running four forwards on a one, three, one power play. Who's that fourth forward that you can throw in there to have that, that chemistry with the other guys. You're not going to do Pew's suitor because he is, he is your second line center uh, for the power play. So it's gotta be like Robbie Fabry, Phil Zadina. He mean, we, he's, he's, you said it. you said it. But he's on the second power play too, but you could slide him up and maybe play the opposite wing. But, you know, he has to prove that he can handle that kind of pressure. I mean, he struggles on the second power play unit as is. So, Vlad Nemesnikov, you give him a shot. I, I'd be okay with giving him an opportunity that's up not there. That's a bad move. Yeah, well, that's the other but... thing you have, to, you have to juggle with, right, is, is you have to juggle with the fact that, that there is then two power play lines. And so, like, we can, we can mix and match and adjust, you know, our, our ideal uh, personnel for the top one. But then we're we're turning around and, and could be hosing ourselves and you don't want an irrelevant second line power play. You know what I mean? That that really would just put you back in the same situation we're already in. So um I I guess I don't know, man. Just throw Rass in there. See what happens. Oh, okay. Get Smith let's, in there. Let's let's just throw Rasmussen on the wing. He was good for a game on the wing. Let's just let's just throw him in there and see what happens. Yeah. Um <laughs> We're going to continue this conversation on the other side of this. We, we got to talk about the five on three that they had the other day because they ran an umbrella, which is a, a very, which is a favorite of my men's league team. Uh, but we'll, uh, we'll talk about that. Not my men's league team, the, the umbrella oh, five on, three. on the other side of this break. But first got to talk to you guys about primal origin oils, got beard, get primal. Oh, you heard yeah. me right. If you or someone you care about has a beard, it needs to get primal. Maybe you're that guy who has never considered the benefits of treating your beard with product. Primal Origin Oils will stop the itch and make your beard look healthy and groomed. The products are free from harmful harmful synthetic ingredients with low impact on our planet. Primal Origin Oils makes balms, oils, and whipped butter that are renowned as the best feel in beard products available. All products are fair trade certified and handcrafted in the United States of America. The combo kits make a great gift if, if you're shopping for yourself. You'll be glad you did. Um, I've talked to you guys plenty of times already about my experience with the oils. Uh, they gave me some of the oil itself, not like the handcrafted butter, but just some beard oil. And immediately, like, it, it makes it feel softer. I've even had, you know, my girlfriend run her hand through my hair. My, my, not my hair. My beard. Nothing up there. Um, and she even admit, agreed that it felt softer. Uh, the scent, it has this natural scent to it that is really yeah. alluring. When I do that to you, it, it feels softer. 
Yeah. When you when you run your hand through my beard. Yeah. I, I think it feels softer. Yeah. Yeah. Scotty agrees. It feels softer. That's three for three. It's definitely softer. Thanks to Primal Origin Oils. Uh, we know that every company claims to be the best. But Primal Origin Oils challenges you to compare their ingredients and the feel in beard to the other products you've used. We promise you will see and feel the difference. Remember the code LOCKDOWN gets you 20% off at PrimalOriginOils.com. Use the code LOCKDOWN at checkout for 20% off. Burns couldn't pull it through, and it's Suter who's away. Suter in on goal. Scores! A short hand to go. The first in 101 games. All right, Scotty. Well, the Detroit Red Wings did have one power play goal against the Anaheim Ducks, and that came on a five-on-three. Um, Phil Peronick and Moritz Sider were out there on the five-on-three. They were running two defensemen up top uh, as they were running the umbrella, uh, which means, you know, a guy up top, two guys along the boards, and then two guys down in front of the net on either side. Looks a lot like an umbrella. It looks a lot like an umbrella. Yeah, go figure, right? Oh, that's where the name comes from. Yeah. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> um, but they scored once the, that five-on-three man advantage carried over into the second period. But the end of the first period, they had all the possession and all the passing. And here's where my tip comes in. Shoot the damn puck. <laughs> you know what i couldn't have said it better myself brother uh the so the five on three we saw at the end of the first period was an embarrassment to five on threes everywhere uh, uh all the way down to uh, you know brian's men league team i i mean that was n- nobody who has ever run the five on three shit <laughs> <laughs> i feel like that was kind of a compliment um the no seriously though that that was that was an atrocity to to five on threes and uh, all over the place and in the history of time it was it was bad and and it, you know the frustrating part is it'd be one thing it would be bad but it'd be one thing if if the five on three like we couldn't even get set and it was like okay like this this team just clearly doesn't have the talent or whatever. Like we can't even control the puck when we have the five of three. They had possession the entire damn time. And just nobody wanted to shoot at one point. I, I mean, uh, after watching what, what Zadina did in overtime, just throw him out there. Just let, yeah. at least someone's going to be getting a shot on that. Not going to be afraid to shoot the damn puck. I mean, my goodness. And, and, the start of the second came around and, and they got their goal and whatever, but for what the first minute and 15 seconds of it, was that the, the end of the first yeah, period? Well, like it. it was, I mean, goodness, it was so frustrating. Everyone in, in, in the, in, in the state of Michigan was yelling at their TVs and, and like decent passing was a couple of slip ups, but they recovered really nicely, like controlled possession of the puck. And just no one wanted to be the one to shoot. It was unbelievably frustrating. No, you're absolutely right. And I, I remember because Lucas Raymond was down alongside the net. Uh, Todd Bertizzi opposite him. Moritz Sider was, you know, high slot because, you know, they had so much pressure they could sneak down low. And they had multiple opportunities with lanes wide open. Raymond and Sider especially where they could have unleashed a shot and tried to at least get a rebound to, you know, send that home. And they would not shoot the puck and said they would elect to pass it. And it's like, you can't score if you don't shoot. And, you know, I I tweeted out, like, I can't believe I'm sending this tweet, but shoot the puck. And, you know, Max Boltman quote tweeted me. He's like, you either die a hero or you live, live long enough to see yourself become the shoot the puck guy. I'm like, well, 
how many opportunities do you need to ha- with a wide open lane to Bolden's shoot the puck? Funny. And and I think he is he's hilarious. Funny guy. Um, I think that in this situation, that was more of an experience thing for Raymond Insider, where they're sure. just maybe their confidence on the power play is not quite there to take those shots when they have them, or is it maybe they just want the perfect opportunity? And I see this a lot too in hockey, um, where players try to create the perfect scoring chance instead of just taking the opportunities when they get them and try to get bury the rebound. And I'm not sure it could be a mix of both, but on that five on three and that portion of it, they had opportunities to score and opportunities to shoot where they just weren't. Now you fast forward to the start of the second where they had the remaining 23 seconds or whatever it was. Um, they broke into the offensive zone successfully, which also is a problem this team had uh, has on the power play or just in general. And full they, strength yeah, and they on the PK and everywhere, yes. But they successfully broke in the offensive zone, and because it was a five-on-three, the Ducks didn't have enough time to set up properly. Moritz Sider uh, gave the pass to Philip Ronick. Philip Ronick took his steps into the high slot, had an opportunity to shoot, and he took the shot. It went in. Like, that is what happens when you have possession and you have the lane on the power play. You shoot the puck and it might go in. So it's just, and you know, with Phil Peronic, his problem is getting the puck on net, and he did, and it went in. But that's a whole different conversation, right? Yeah. Um, well, well, yeah. We, we you don't need shoot the puck to... on the power play, and puck, pucks go in the net. Pucks on net, yeah. boys. Pucks on net, boys. Get pucks deep, and and like, it's it's. It, it was unbelievably frustrating to watch. And, and they, you know, when they did score, everybody was like, oh my goodness, finally. Good Lord. <laughs> like, thank you for, for finally someone just letting it rip. And, and you're right. When, especially when you're on a five on three, like you, you have even the power play in general, like you have the furthest man back. Like the, the, the defensive strategy for for a penalty kill is is to bunch up in front of the net like you have the furthest man back by far, so what you, you miss they get the rebound you you can't get get possession back they they flip it down ice they clear it you have the first dude back you can be back in there in, in fifteen seconds and I know fifteen and in, in, in two minute of a power play is is whatever like quite a long time but it's it's no different than just playing hot potato with the puck for 15 seconds either and not actually shooting. There's no difference. I'd much rather get four, five shots on net in a power play and have to go back and get the puck after every shot than I would get two shots on net, but we have control the whole time. Well, and here's where the, so I saw this comment on Twitter and I think it's worth bringing up, but if the power play was bad with Bilesma, bad before Bilesma, bad with Tangay, and it's the same, it's bad the same way every year. You have one common denominator in this, and we're both been Blashill defenders. But, you know, is Blashill to blame for the continued failure of the power play units? Because the fact that this is the second year now where they've had an abysmally bad power play unit, and they continue to fail to score goals. And we know for a fact that Blashill cares more about scoring chances over uh, shots, which is, you know, that's fine. I understand the mindset behind that, but on power plays especially, taking shots can generate scoring chances because of the rebounds. So if he's trying to, and this is just speculation on my part, and I will admit that, but if he's trying to coach the players to, to 
get better scoring chances rather than take shots on net. I think on a power play, that's a little bit of a, a detriment because of the fact that you're pa- you're passing up on shot opportunities to make another pass on a limited time frame where you have an extra man on the ice where that shot you take could create a rebound that could create a scoring chance. Now, I know you don't want to take shots from like the goal line where your angle is horrible, but if you have an opportunity in a slot, if you have a lane and you have guys on either side of the net on an umbrella or either side of the net on a one, three, one, take that shot when you have a lane and it might just go in. Australia did that at even strength. It went off the Mestikov's leg and went in. Sometimes it is better just to take the shot than to look for the, the best situation possible to take it. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll be honest. I'm at the point currently with how uh, rough the power play has looked over the last month and a half that if you get the puck, period, in the slot, I want you firing away. I don't even care anymore. I, I, don't, I don't care if there's, there's three opposing men in front of the net. I really don't care at this point. I, let it rip. Something will happen. We, we saw the Bertuzzi goal the other night, the ridiculous little like back flick that, that found its way in. You, you have to find a way to get a puck on the net. And, and I understand the difference in Blashill's mindset between the, the opportunities and whatnot, but you, you, can't, you can't be as picky as they're being. That's exactly well, it. And, and so, yeah, I, either slot, either crease, I don't care. You, you get the puck along the sides and, and you have even a remote opening, let it rip. You hit a dude's thigh every once in a while, so be it. I, I, I don't care. We, we, something needs to happen because whatever we've been doing is clearly not working. BetOnline.ag would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKDOWN to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline. BetOnline. Lucas Raymond, nice play. In for Dylan Larkin on the fly. Larkin coming right in. He scores! All right, Scotty, for the second time in two weeks, we're going to preview a game against the San Jose Sharks, although today we don't have J.D. Young with us. Um, That's a shame. That, it is a shame. makes me sad because that, that was a fun interview or a fun it crossover was. episode. J.D.'s a hell of a guy. He really is. Um, Red Wings, losers of two straight, going to San Jose to play the Sharks. Scotty, what are we expecting in this game? Um. You know what? I, I mean, I think this is a very good opportunity for the Wings to kind of get back on the horse. That is named no. Friday. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> get away from it. <laughs> I, I do think this is a this is a really good pick me up game, though. Uh, kind of a get right game, as as we uh, have proclaimed a lot earlier in the, in the year. Hockey I mean, lingo. Right? Yeah, yeah, we're hockey guys. Um, but, but I mean, look, like you've, you've, you, you got rinsed in LA. There's a term. You, you bounce back and you, 
you put up a fight, you get a point out of Anaheim. That's a that's a team that's having a phenomenal year. Sure, I guess we'll take a point in a vacuum. Um, and San Jose, this is a team that you comf- – I mean, this was – we were talking about maybe the best we've ev- we've seen the Wings all year last time we played the Sharks. And the the reason that this game is so important to me is because it's on the road. This is vital to to not be a complete embarrassment on the road and just win all your games at home. This is a team that you have proven you can wash. You you can you can absolutely take them to breakfast if you wanted to. You're I'm full just, of these sayings today. <laughs> I'm just making stuff up. That's this is like 90% of my life is just making up terms and hoping they stick. But but Seriously, this is this is a, a game you've proven you can beat them. You you've proven that you can comfortably beat them. And coming off a rough weekend where you got a point, only one point in the in the last two games, this is uh this is a get right game if I've ever seen one. And uh, especially on the road, I think it's really important. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And like you said, they've already proven they can beat the Sharks. Uh, they've Honestly, besides the fact that it's on the road, which is where they suffer, they have more things going for them in their favor this time. Although, I, you know what? I got to watch what I say because we don't know the status of Larkin and Bertuzzi still. Um, True. The, the Kings, or the Kings, sorry, the Sharks, rather, are out Eric Carlson. He's going to be a game-time decision. And we talked about last week how good of a season he's had. James Reimer, Reimer has not played. Um, since January 4th, Aiden Hill's been in net. Aiden Hill's been fine for the Sharks. Uh, he's got a 904 save percentage, so they're rolling with their backup. And Eric Carlson is still out or could possibly still be out in this game. But with the status of Larkin and Bertuzzi questionable still, Bertuzzi, Blaschel said, will be reevaluated at the game by game time, depending on how severe this cut is. And with Larkin, he has to go through more evaluations, and we don't have any information at this time. They didn't even tell us what kind of injury it is. They never do. So I'm assuming Larkin's going to be out for the game. I'm I'm just going to assume that Bertuzzi is going to be out for the game as well. It becomes a hundred times more um, difficult to win this hockey game on the road when you're missing two-thirds of your top line two-thirds of your top production. I mean, that's one and two in goals scored for this hockey team. I mean, after that, you got Raymond, who's on a six or 11-game drought now on goals, and Nemesnikov, who had one bounce off his shin pads. So now you're looking at a team that's just, your depth is immediately, we talked about it yesterday, without Bertuzzi and Larkin, even with Raymond still, your depth is just tanked. Like, what do you, you have, we've seen this before, we saw it early in the season, without just one of those guys, the team looked discombobulated. Without both those guys, you got Pew Suter playing on the top line with Phil Zidane on his wing, Robbie Fabry on his wing. Like, yeah, they can fill a game here or there, filling in one spot, but if they have to fill in two spots and then everyone else gets bumped up, now all of a sudden you're seeing Carter Rowney back in the lineup again. You might see Luke Wachowski back in the lineup again because he can play forward or defense. Like, this is just it – is, it, it's got bad vibes all around if those two guys don't play. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Any game, no matter who we play, if we're missing those two, the whole depth gets shaken up. We've been over that and how it doesn't just affect the top line. It affects the whole team because then everybody's playing a bigger role than they're supposed to and all that. So we've been over that. 
um, before. And, and that's obviously a huge problem if, if the two of them, uh, if even one of them, like you said, doesn't play, that's a problem. And if both don't, that's a recipe for disaster. The, the, the other thing that kind of jumps out at you is after this whole conversation about how weak the power plays that Ben, and then San Jose is a top 10 penalty kill in the league. That's, that's a nice little fun, a little. nice little fun combo on the road to two of your, uh, two of your best players. Maybe your two best players are, or at least most productive are, uh, are, are day to day. And we're still waiting for an update on them. And your um, your special teams don't exactly line up too great. Uh, so I <laughs> it's 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 not going to be a gimme for sure. Um, but it it would undubitably, undubitably, yeah, damn right, undubitably be a be a be a fantastic win um, in the same breath. Yeah, it would. And we talked the first two segments about how to fix the power play. And we talked about putting Larkin on the bumper and having Bertuzzi down low, which he already is. I mean, that all goes out the window if neither of those guys play. Then your power play unit two becomes your power play unit one. Who becomes your power play unit two? You still got Raymond. You can roll out there. But, like, Fabry's still on the other side. Who's your po- your who's your center on power play one? Michael Rasmussen? Sam Gagne? Michael Rasmussen, first line center? I ooh. Well, we saw that last year. It's when he played his best. I don't like, know. Michael Rasmussen, know. better than Connor McDavid. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. We were, at, we're we have fun here. Now we've crossed the line. We, we have fun here. We have fun here. Um, no, and then like honestly, one of the biggest things in you know, if those two don't play, everybody's eyes are already on him just naturally because of how polarizing he is. Zadina's gonna have to play a hell of a lot of minutes, eh? Yeah. Zadina's going to have to play a hell of a lot of minutes. He's going to probably be on uh, – he'll probably still be on the second line, I'd imagine. But, um, I mean, he might he might even get power play one at that point. Like, he, he's going to get he's gonna get a hell of a lot of minutes if both of these, those guys are out too. Yeah, and that's going to be something to keep an eye on as we continue. We always keep an eye on Philip Zadina because he's just – No matter what. Not. Because he's Philip Zadina. He's Philip Zadina. Anyways, uh, without – if Larkin and Bertuzzi play, got a good feeling about this game. If Larkin Bertuzzi don't play, I got a very bad feeling about this game. And I think so, that's fair. I think that is completely fair. Uh, I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Red Wings your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Lockdown ba- ba- Bates. Lockdown, Lockdown Bates. <laughs> now make your second listen, Lockdown Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Lockdown Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms locked on bates (laughs) (laughs) any final thoughts um shout out to georgia and uh we ball we absolutely ball uh we'll be back with you guys tomorrow for a post game recap hopefully right uh recapping a win and uh yeah we're gonna keep on chugging along same time, we ball. same place. It's your team every day. Every day. You're locked on Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team 
every day.